We'll preview tonight's game against the Philadelphia 76ers and see if they can continue their winning ways, just like they beat Atlanta outmanned because of some guys in COVID protocol. We'll recap that Hawks game as well today on Lockdown Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Check them out at prizepicks.com. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Mail. You can find Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. And you can find the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. So we've got a game tonight against Philadelphia, second night of a back to back against the 76ers, which. Joel Embiid is probably the worst matchup for the Charlotte Hornets ever because he's a top 10 player in the NBA and he's over seven feet and he's highly skilled. Basically anybody 6'10 or above is a bad matchup for Charlotte and their size, but Joel Embiid is specifically a bad lineup if he's playing. So when you look at this kind of matchup, you might not have the same success, Doug, that you had against a Clint Capella for the time. Like, some three shots. And then they're able to because he missed three shots and he didn't go basically 100% from the field. And what a crazy win it was against Atlanta yesterday. We'll get to more of that analysis in a moment. But what do you see with Charlotte, them having to do to try to continue the winning ways tonight against the 76ers? Yeah, so Charlotte comes into this game uh, off that win against Atlanta. They're resilient, um, but but how much energy did they expend? Uh, you know, to to get through that, it was I'm sure it was an emotional win for everyone. So I, that that's a question that I have in my mind going into this game against Philadelphia. But look, <laughs> Philadelphia's got their own problems this year. The Hornets have won two more games and lost just as many as uh, games as the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Philadelphia's uh, had a tough go of it this year. Obviously, the drama around Ben Simmons continues. But Joel Embiid is talking weird about, like, I don't know, like the team chemistry is just doesn't seem to be there even, you know, without Ben Simmons or maybe because of all of the Ben Simmons drama. So this is not the same Philadelphia 76ers team that routinely uh, stomps the Hornets. Uh, this is this is a different team. But as you mentioned, Joel Embiid, how are they going to uh, you know stop him? They've stopped other you know shooting centers before, though. I mean, they beat Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns, so it's not it's not something that that, that they do very often. Uh, but it's not impossible either, Walker. There is precedent, is what you're saying. Like you've seen it before. The Hornets actually did do that against a guy six ten or above. Yeah. Um, are you we'll ready? See- are you are you ready to make that prediction again? Three misses for Joel and. No, they'll have a it's few a- more misses, and still Philadelphia will find a way to win. <laughs> that's, that's probably going to happen tonight against the 76ers. Um, but look, P.J. Washington, I mean, God bless him. You know, he's going to continue to play defense at a decently high level, but I have this feeling that it's probably going to happen kind of like what took place against Milwaukee, where he's playing as best as he can against a guy like Giannis, but Giannis is still going to get a 40-piece. You know, when you talk about somebody like Embiid, P.J. Washington might give you the best defensive matchup against him, considering everybody that's available. Nick Richards gets seven minutes 
in a game where you're shorthanded, you still don't have Mason Plumley, and Nick Richards gets the start. James Borrego does the Borrego thing, short leash, out as soon as you're starting, just basically seven minutes and that's it. JT Thor got more. You know, he got 12 minutes in this game, so we did see some young minutes uh, in this one against the Atlanta Hawks. But PJ's going to be the guy, and it's just going to be really tough for him to go up against these these monsters down low, and that's exactly the problem that has been there with the Charlotte Hornets this entire time. And so, I mean, it honestly, Doug, I'm just happy that they got the win against Atlanta. I mean, I think it's huge that they were able to pick up that win considering everything they're dealing with heading into a game like Philly, which still has talent even without Ben Simmons. Yeah, and they're well rested too. I think they've mm-hmm. only played three games in the last eight days. Uh, their their last game was also uh, happened to also be a win against Atlanta, right. but that was a more of a defensive slugfest. I think what was the final score? Ninety eight, ninety six win over Atlanta, so a close win as well. Um, but that's the thing about Philly. I mean, they can play defense. You know, some of these teams that the Hornets have won these shootouts against could not, you know, play defense. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Hornets. I mean, you know, we've said this all season. The Hornets have to shoot well in order to stay in these games. Otherwise, it's you know they can get run out of the gym. So, you know, does does Miles continue to hit shots? Kelly Oubre was six of ten against Atlanta. Does he continue to hit shots? Uh, and then you you have to have a few surprises too. <laughs> so I and I don't I, you know the rotation was so short against Atlanta. Some guys are so playing short. some serious minutes. I just you know. I'm not going to totally call the Hornets dead on our DOA, dead on arrival, but I mean, it's going to be tough. Are you they are about playing that? at home, so that's yeah, nice. Yeah, you, you talk about that rotation from the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, this is a team that basically went seven-man rotation, and the seventh man was a mixture of JT Thor, Nick Richards, and James Booknight. If you add all of their minutes, that might account for the seventh man, but really, it was just six. We'll see what happens tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. I want to talk more about that win against Atlanta, though, because it was such a big one, especially after everybody that was out because of COVID protocol. LaMelo, Mason, Terry, Jalen, they're all out. They're out again tonight against Philadelphia, as you might expect. We'll get into more of that in just a moment. I do want to discuss prize picks. NBA fans, have you heard about it before? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will, too. It's the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game, like a book night. Like Nick Richards, Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Uh, Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries too, so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Pretty cool thing you can do there and get your hands in both leagues. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, so it's easy. You have the time to do it. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I also want to talk about DirecTV Stream with you because you know the familiarity surrounding this. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, then you have another one that you can stream your favorite shows, but then you have to do something entirely different to watch sports highlights, and all the while you have to have some obscure login from a relative you don't even really talk to that much. Don't do that anymore. I want to tell you about a simple way 
to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. The content does vary by the package. Let's recap the Atlanta game last night. Coming up next on Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. And you have to wonder, is there a time for them to do that now? No, <laughs> no, is, he, is he mad at the center position? I mean, it's, it's, it's yes. It's, yeah, God. Mitch, make a trade. <laughs> That's just good. That's just good sports talk right there. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We have Nick Carboni of WCNC joining us tomorrow, by the way. That is confirmed. So happy to have Nick on tomorrow. Make sure you check us out. Um, Yeah, we're also going to have his dog, Ollie, on as well. So YouTube, you can find us locked on Hornets. Also, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Here we are. With the Philadelphia game on the horizon, no LaMelo Ball, no Jalen McDaniels, no Terry Rozier, no Mason Plumley, And we're kind of thankful it stopped there because there seemed to have been a little mm-hmm. mini outbreak with the Charlotte Hornets via COVID. You have to assume I, maybe it's a problem, but you know if there are positive tests, that's the fear, then these guys are going to be out at least 10 days. They do have an opportunity to come back if you get back-to-back PCR negative tests within these uh, within these 10 days. But can, I, we'll can, I say, can I say something? Sure. Because I saw I saw a lot of this on social media about, like, of course this happens to the Hornets. We're the unluckiest franchise in the league. It's like, all right, calm, everybody needs to calm down for a second, okay? <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've actually been pretty lucky. We got the, the They got the third pick. The third pick ended up being LaMelo Ball. He dropped a three. That we gotta we gotta quit, you know, sort of doing this weird like self pity stuff. You're saying it's go- time now, like we we don't I think we don't so, get to do. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I mean this was look this was unfortunate, but it's it, this these are weird times. I'm not this to mm-hmm. me. I, I'm not, and, and and you know what? This team has depth. Okay, and we've been talking about that all season. This team has depth. Sometimes that depth gets tested. I would rather the depth be tested right now. Uh, and and because and due to something that we know will resolve itself eventually, then to have several players go down with like serious injuries that extend the entire season. So I mean, this is unfortunate, but I don't think it's like some weird unlucky thing. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah, you always got to have the caveat. Hopefully, everybody's okay long term, and hopefully, everybody's good come back. Of course, and you don't have any long lasting effects, even on this season. Long lasting within the realm of like even games, even you know how many weeks are are is your condition affected or anything like that. I feel, I feel like we need by this the time and the the COVID you know storyline. We need like shorthand for that. Like, of course, yes, of course, we hope everyone is healthy mm-hmm. and they're not. You know, seriously. Um, although I had some sources saying they saw Mason Plumley out and about in Uptown, so uh, I guess he's doing. <laughs> you he's doing you right. had individual sources telling you that. I good enough to where you're saying, able to. Hey, Plum was on the loose. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't. We don't know what anything means, and we're wandering into an interesting territory. I don't know if dangerous, but interesting territory. That I'm. I just got sources. Go ahead what do you want? And, 
do the Homer Simpson in the bushes, Jeff, right here in front of your face. Yeah. I would rather talk about Miles Bridges, who right. is on the court, and he is out and about doing some awesome things. And this is what I was talking with about um, with uh, Dylan Jackson of Swarm and Sting. Go check him out on Twitter, at the Jackson Dylan. I was talking to him about Miles and just how this is a guy that is starting to gain the reputation of stepping up when the Hornets need him the most by far over really any other Charlotte Hornet. And we can mm-hmm. talk about Terry Rozier, certified gamer. We can talk about LaMelo hitting the three against the Milwaukee Bucks, which was huge. But Miles, you go back to last year, they had so many different injuries, whether it was Gordon, whether it was Devontae, Malik, Terry being tired, LaMelo was out. Miles went nuclear at that point. And that's what allowed us to get excited about the next season. At the beginning of this year, Terry out when he was playing the second game against Cleveland. He was awful. What does Miles do? He steps up in a huge way to be the secondary and primary scorer. Now you have everybody out again. Miles goes for 32, not too far off his career high, and he hits from the outside. How about a little midi Miles for you there, Doug? Hitting from the mid-range, four of six from three-point land. So the shooting percentage is going up, and all the while hitting every single one of his free throws on 11 of 15 shooting. Monster Miles game, and it's somebody that just steps up whenever you need him most. And shooting a lot of three-pointers. He had 11. I mean, it was only 3 of 11 against Milwaukee, but he was shooting a lot more. And, and you know, you had mentioned the three-point attempts were going down. He shoots six in this game against Atlanta, goes four for six. So the the confidence in the shot is there. He's being aggressive. And, uh, and you know, four rebounds, four assists. I mean, he's focused on scoring, but he's also playing a little defense too, three steals and a block. I mean, he's out, he's out there. He's focused on both ends of the floor. He understands – that it's, you know, this is an important stretch for the Hornets. If they survive this, they will be in such a good position. They just got to get through December. And I think there's so many players, not just Miles, that know that. Like, we just got to survive this this uh, unfortunate month and and make it to the other side. So love what Miles is doing. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Walker, I'm ready. Oh. I'm, I'm almost ready. Are, are, you, are you sending mail out again? I'll, I will. I've got... The certified gamer in the envelope. I will put a stamp on it if Miles gets a victory for the Hornets in one of these games against Philadelphia. Because they play Philadelphia twice at home over the next couple of days. You know, so if I he gets have... a win, I will put a stamp on it and I'll put it in the mail. Miles Bridges certified gamer. I wouldn't have minded if you send it already, to well, be honest with you. I mean that's okay with me. This is a, you don't understand. This is a huge responsibility that I have. I can't mm-hmm. just go willy nilly give it. Then then they don't mean anything. They got to mean something. I get it. You huge game against Atlanta. It's a division rival. If that even means anything anymore. Although I will say mm-hmm. these games against Atlanta are getting a little chippy, and I like it. I mean oh, they yeah. are. They, it's a little chippy. It's not like <laughs> a crazy rivalry, but I don't think they. I don't think they like each other. I mean, I think there's a little bit of chippiness there. Do you think more so than the Heat and the Hornets? I mean, the Heat are probably too good to have and to have the Hornets be their real rival. Am I wrong yeah, about that? I don't see. I don't see it much with the Heat anymore. But okay. I thought. I thought. I thought Charlotte and Atlanta. I think Charlotte and the Pacers too. I think the Hornets and the Pacers don't really don't really dig mm-hmm. each other. Anyway, what I'm saying is. I like that win, but it but Atlanta's been weird, you know. So like, I think if they get if they if they get the old Philadelphia curse out of the way, mm-hmm. and he gets one, I'm only asking for one. I'm not even asking for two. I'm asking for one. It, maybe it's not this one. Maybe they get a day's rest and they see what Philadelphia has to offer, and then they get the second win. 
I'll put it in the mail. It's such a curse against Philadelphia. We can remember the 60-point game for Kimba Walker. That was in a loss to Philadelphia. I think there was like, it was two, three years ago, probably three years ago because it was Kimba, I think, but they lost by like, you know, a combined seven points in three games to the 76ers. There is absolutely a curse when facing this team. It's just a bad matchup. Before we go to the last segment, Doug, I do want to give more love to Kelly Oubre. We've been doing it a lot the past week because... Look, I'm not saying you need to get any envelope ready whatsoever for Kelly. That is not what I'm saying. Kelly's got a long way to go. He's got a long way to go. But a nice start to that certified gamer mail in the box looks like this. That's fine. Okay, that's That's fine. So so Orlando is when it all started. 21 points, 27, 23, 18, 25, 28. On, on pretty bonkers shooting, like the only one that was real bad was against Houston, the OT, and that was uh, in overtime, and that was 42%. I guess Orlando wasn't great either. But he's hitting a lot of threes in this stretch. I mean, you talk about him hitting a lot of shots. We discussed him being more physical in that outing against Milwaukee. Kelly, hey, man, uh, that, that was somebody that was pretty frustrated with because defensively he wasn't giving you anything. We talked about him only helping when he was hitting shots. Well, boy. He's hitting a lot of shots right now, and the Hornets really needed it last night. Uh, that's fine. Kelly's been great, and we've we've uh, we've been heaping a lot of praise on our delicious, wonderful tsunami poppy. But you better talk about my boy Ish Smith, uh, who just sure, sure. hasn't played a dang old minute. Well, well, he played one dang old minute, and then uh, he gets into this one, hops into the rotation, says, "I, I, I'm ready to step up." Eighteen points. 8 of 14 from the field, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, only 1 turnover. The Hornets only had 6 turnovers. What an amazing performance from Ish Smith. Veteran. That's a veteran. Just ready. You know the team motto is stay ready. He was ready. Um, (laughs) I'm excited. This win has got me hyped in a way that I haven't been hyped all Mm. season. Yeah, it's Ish Smith that's getting you hyped because he hit two three-pointers in this one out of the four that he took, also scoring 18 points, kind of bringing you back to what he was doing at the beginning of the season. So Ish getting playing time, making the most of it. Book Knight didn't get a ton, though. You know, JT Thor, Nick Richards, they didn't either. Are we in this weird type of opportunity where maybe Ish Smith is carving out a role for himself going forward again, even when Terry and LaMelo come back? And does this does this just mean that James Booknight's not seeing the floor? Even after all these injuries, he still doesn't get the playing time. Let's talk about that coming up in the next segment. I do want to discuss Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness. It's rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and it's healthy. Plus, there's so many flavors. I love the limited flavors. They're all covered in chocolate, but if you're a chocolate fiend, then you can get double chocolate. If you like the intersection of chocolate and fruit, you can get raspberry. You can get banana. You can get banana bread. That's a thing. That's one of my favorites as well. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Bilt Bar flavor at family parties, though, because then it just gets crazy, and you just want the peace and love going on at the holiday parties. If you did it at Thanksgiving, you might have experienced that already. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your order. Do want to discuss bet online as well. They've got you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, and you can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website 
to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL. Uh, you even have your favorite Vegas casino games. You don't have to wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's give some love to the youngins on this team. And how about Cody Martin playing pretty well last night? We'll talk about that coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Lamelo yeah. had an awesome dunk last night where he kind of goes to the right shoulder, comes back to the left, finishes, and does the head thing, got, got on you. He loves doing that, right? He's a high-low celebrator. He's going to put it on his head when he dunks on you, and then he's going to tell you how short you are when he scores in the post against you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Walker, before we get to the young guys, and I really do want to talk about this because I think it's really interesting, uh, the the rotation and how they're not getting in it and fans are reacting and so on and so forth. I want to get to that because I think it's interesting. But I have to talk about some of these crazy numbers from this game. This was an insane box score. If you haven't seen the box score, I would encourage you to go look at it. 17 lead changes, 10 ties, the, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Hornets by 10 points and points off of turnovers, even though the Hornets only turned the ball over six times right. versus the 10 times that Atlanta turned the ball over. That number doesn't make any sense. Uh, the Hornets got beat in the paint 50-36. to 36. Uh, Let's see, bench points they did win. Oh, uh, Charlotte wins the fast break by 10. But it's just insane. Like I don't really understand how they won this basketball game except for the fact that they were just on fire from three and they got to the free throw line, something they've kind of been a little wishy-washy on. You know, they'll go some games and, and not, you know, get to the free throw line at all. So this is a crazy game. Yeah, seven more free throws. That's probably the difference. You know, when you hit 21, they only hit 14 because both teams actually hit 17 threes apiece and both of them took 37 threes apiece. So they actually had the same exact field goal percentage, the same exact hit, the same exact taken, and the Charlotte Hornets were able to keep up. And, and Doug, I thought it was over when you were in the fourth quarter and then you had the four-point play for the Hawks and then they had another three on their next possession. So it was a seven-point swing, seven points right in a row for the Hawks. But then Kelly Oubre has a four-point play of his own. That really helps the Charlotte kind of stay steady. And then Miles hitting a couple mid-range shots, hitting a big-time three as well. Um, Miles was awesome. But I feel like there are so many different players you could put the spotlight on in this one I, I think Miles probably takes the cake over more uh, more every everybody else but like Kelly Oubre you could put the next tier him at the top and then Ish Smith and Cody Martin was getting a lot of love last night deservedly so because this is someone I think at the beginning of the season um, and let's let's take him further than that let's go to the offseason where we were trying to figure out who was all going to make the team and there was a legitimate discussion on whether Cody was going to make the squad. Like that was yeah. a real thing that we did, and it was and it was well justified. Then was Cody the, or Caleb? You know? Yeah, the, the deadline passed. One, one had to go. Yeah, one did, and it, look, and maybe Cody just absorbed all of the strength of both twins. Now that Caleb is is gone away from Charlotte, maybe Caleb. It's like Hancock, you know. The deities, they are stronger when they are separate, and when they come together, they are a little bit weaker. I think that's what's happening with both the Martin twins. You just made a Hancock reference. I just want to I just want everybody to pause and understand that you just you just made a reference to one of the worst superhero movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, if you're gonna talk about the Martins being a superhero. You had you had all the Marvel movies to go. I mean, you had literally we've had nine thousand superhero movies that have been made over the past couple of years that everybody loves. 
and you picked literally the worst superhero movie. Yeah, I kind of did, but you know what? I stand by it. I think I think the comparison works well. You were the I, only person in the world that saw that movie <laughs> enough. No, and that's loved not it true. Enough. That's I don't not think true. there's anyone else in the entire universe that can make a Hancock no. analogy on a sports podcast. No, that that's not true. Everybody's seen it. Everybody just doesn't like it. Everybody has at least seen it once, and it's up to your memory on whether you can make a reference to that movie. I just happen to have a memory of that movie because I have seen it once, and I'm going to go back to it. Yes, Cody Martin is the Hancock, the Martin twins. They are the deities in the movie Hancock, and that's what Cody is. He's a superhero when he's further away from his brother, and he's playing like it this season. Maybe the best game? We've ever seen from him against the Hawks last night, hitting threes, 13 points of his 19 were either via beyond the arc or from the charity stripe. And you talk about him doing that on 11 shots. And again, giving some love to Dylan Jackson, who I talked to, kind of made that point as well. Like, that's impressive to see a guy that also a lot of people didn't think should be drafted when they selected him 35th overall, a pretty early second round pick. I, I didn't know if he was going to make the team. I thought he would be you know, like a Vernon Carey, not getting any minutes. And here he is as a pretty legit rotation player right now, helping on both ends of the floor. Well, going back to how this was a weird game, you had Gordon Hayward with a plus minus of negative nine. You had Nick Richards with a, well, he didn't play many minutes, but mm. um, he had a plus minus of negative eight. You had Kelly Oubre, who we've been praising, plus minus negative 16. Not entirely his fault. He was just on the floor when the Atlanta Hawks happened to come back. Uh, and, but then you had P.J. Washington and Cody Martin, getting 17 and 22 now pj washington you know he is kind of the de facto starting center at this point because yeah <laughs> borrego is so always weird. gonna he's always gonna sort of escape to the small lineup uh, you know and so that's that's gonna be pj washington's role but yeah martin 20 plus 22 whenever he was on the floor good things were happening and and it wasn't like he he was just there hanging out grabbing the plus minus points no he was an active part of this and i'll just say this like this was the perfect Charlotte Hornets offensive night. I don't expect this to be replicated tonight. I don't I don't know if it can be replicated again this season. I mean, they scored 130 points in regular. There was a point I rewatched this game this morning and it was 40 seconds to go in the game and the Hornets had 124 points. And I knew they scored 130. I'm like, how the hell are they going to score six more points in this game with 40 <laughs> seconds to go? It was the You're perfect right. offensive game. Um and and everybody had to contribute and Cody Martin was a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the only thing you could argue is that Gordon and PJ didn't have great offensive nights, but that's where Cody comes in. That's where Ish comes in. Like, you don't expect that to happen. I mean, especially Ish going 8 of 14 and the 18 points we've talked about. Um, but but Cody, I mean, he played really well. All right, let's get to the young guys here real quickly okay. before we end today's show. You know, so it, <laughs> to have LaMelo and Terry gone, to have Ish Smith racking up DNPCD after DNPCD, you would think book night might actually get a significant amount of run plays six minutes, misses his only shot from the field comes up with a goose egg and doesn't really contribute anything else in the box score. JT Thor got the most minutes of what you would consider, or just flat out are your first and second year guys, you know, Nick Richards being a younger guy, but obviously not a rookie, you know, JT Thor got more minutes than he did. He played 12 minutes and he's the second youngest player in this past NBA draft class. So, you know, one of the youngest players in the league and almost literally the youngest player in the league, getting more minutes, no Kai Jones, right? Like what, what do you make of the way that Borrego decided to play his young players, his really like baby infant players compared to what he's done in the past and the rotation he put out last night. 
I think this makes a lot of sense if you have been watching Borrego and this team this entire season. Borrego has shortened the rotation all year long uh, despite injuries, despite not having a legitimate big rotation. He has depended on a very short bench, players he can trust, players he knows uh, know how to play on both ends of the floor, players that sort of physically can match up on an NBA level over extended minutes. And and I think that's he he's just continuing that trend. He's just going to give more minutes to the players that I think he trusts. And because Borrego is very much in win now mode, he mm. understands this is not a player development season. This is a winning season, and he also understands that if they can the same thing I said in segment two, if they can survive December, it's, this is this is survival. This isn't you know this isn't play around and develop some players and get them some run. This is survival. And then you get in the second half of the season, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these younger guys getting more minutes in the second half as you prepare for the playoffs if they happen to be in that position. Now, let me go to Book Knight real quick. I think Book Knight didn't play because the Hornets don't need offense, and that's what Book Knight gives you. He's not giving you any defense right now. So if anybody was going to play, it was going to be JT Thor because he was out there. I saw him out there on the wings, long arms, you know, trying to deflect passes, getting up into people's shirts. Yeah. That's what Thor does, and that's really the only thing they need right now. They got yeah, enough the, offense. The, the only yes, and I completely agree. In the normal circumstances, um, I, I think I think Cody unexpectedly provided you with offense last night. If Cody gives you more of a typical, still good, but more of a typical Cody game, let's say he gives you know scores ten, and and you're not seeing hot Cody Martin from deep and getting to the foul line. Do you see Book Knight get to Maybe. 15 minutes in this game? And I think that's the thing, Maybe. right? Like Ish Smith, if he's not scoring at that level, and I think that's the kind of thing where okay, if we're going to excuse Borrego for not playing Book Knight as much, it might be because he's going with the hot hand that you had with your third and fourth string ball handlers essentially at this point. Yeah, and we'll find out. I think we'll find out tonight against Philadelphia because mm-hmm. I guarantee you they're not going to score 130 points. That's a that's a that is a Doug Branson guarantee. That's a DBG. You can mark it down on your calendars. You can mark it down in your notes app. You can mark it down mm-hmm. in any app you choose. That's a guarantee. They're not going to score 130 points tonight on Philadelphia. And if they need a little offensive punch, I think Borrego is going to be open minded enough. I don't yeah. think he has anything. That's what I want to tell fans out there. Like I don't think. Borrego has something against Book Knight. I don't think no, there's anything wrong that. with Book Knight. It's just it's circumstance at this point. Book Knight's going to get his opportunity, and so will Kai Jones. I think Kai Jones is the least ready of the three players, but he'll get his opportunity at some point too. Yeah, and and look, if they, I I feel pretty comfortable with your guarantee. Uh, you know that they're not going to score 130. Well, great, because it's against, a guarantee. Yeah, it's a guarantee. And look, at this point, you mentioned it, Doug. I mean, you're just in survival mode. You're like Hancock, just trying to find your Jason Bateman to come in and help and save you. And you're right now on the bench. You're just trying to figure out what is the meaning of life in December without these players, just like Will Smith in that movie Hancock. I stay tuned next show when he makes a bunch of Gili references. (laughs) That'll That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for hopping on with us on the Locked On Podcast Network um, and also making us your first listen. Tomorrow, we've got Nick Carboni joining us to discuss more Hancock references as well as the ability for Charlotte to maybe try to continue to win shorthanded. We'll see what they can do against Philly tonight. We'll give you a recap tomorrow. Now, make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great rest of your night. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You know, Gordon Hayward reminds me of Howard the Duck. Mm Mm-hmm. 